It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Pipes episode 161. We need to have a review of the Isle of Man TT for 2019. Stick around at the U turn. We're going to have a contest to talk about. And I think John's going to be riding for the next three months. <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you? I am well, man. Ready to sit down, and talk about, give me some information on what happened to Isle of Man this year. I want to hear all your exciting watching the news that you have to share with me oh we will get to it and yes i was not there in person but we are planning to be there next year so it was all from afar this year did you get your tickets bought yet Uh, it doesn't look like they're out yet so the the site's not been updated for 2020 and i don't see it on the the ferry schedule either but i have a little research to do because there's a travel company that also sponsored uh, greg lambert racing this year all right. And they do motorsports tours. So they have the whole package, flight, hotel, um, tickets, entertainment. It's like all big package deal. Oh, that's pretty cool. That might be the better way of going. So then you can do one and done and not have to worry about anything. Let it all be taken care of. Yeah. So we're gonna. I'm going to chat with them and maybe we'll even get them on the show. But I'll put a link to that in the show notes for sure. All right. So So what are you drinking tonight, my brother? Oh, I'm going first? All right. Well, an old favorite, but it is in a beautiful 190-year anniversary can. Oh, I I know what you're drinking. The original Amber Beer, the pride of Pottsville, Pennsylvania, Gingling Lager. Well, man, (laughs) we're having the same beer tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. You are as well? I am, my friend, in, in a can as well. Did you see that 190 year picture yeah, I posted fact, I, earlier? Yeah, I had I have one. That's my can myself. Well, I, could, I have one that's myself. I couldn't pass it up because last week I bought a 12 of Line and Kugel's Summer Shandy, and I think I drank that in about four days. It didn't oh. last long. Ooh. And you know, given the price and things, I I basically got a suitcase of this Yingling Lager for yeah. I don't know what it was, 12 bucks, something really ridiculously cheap. Now, question is, did you put in a top case of your bike? I had the car when I got the... Oh, the car, okay. okay. It wouldn't have fit, though. It was too wide. Oh, we never know. But the 12-pack of Summer Shandy definitely fit, and I guess I could have opened it up and dumped the cans in there, but... Yeah, they they got they would have got a little roughed up by rolling around. Or what you should have had is your rock straps on your bike. And then you could strap it to the back seat and haul in your butt home. <laughs> done all set. And like a backrest. Hey, I've done it. All right, let's do it. All right. Isle of Man TT 2019. 
Let's review it. All right. What you got for me? Well, was we, it a good was it a good year? It was it was a good it was a good year in terms of the racing. Um I'm going to go through a couple of themes in a minute because the weather wasn't very cooperative. Uh, interrupted a lot of practice and qualifying and race schedule and all sorts of things were shifted around and shortened and whatnot. So the the weather was probably the the first theme. It seemed like the first week was pretty frustrating and you know the constant thing we heard in the interviews was just kind of the lack of practice, lack of time on the bike and on the course and and even in the racing you could see it. You could see how much dirt and debris was being blown up by the bikes because there just wasn't as many practice laps. Right. So that was kind of the, the biggest thing. And, but once the, once the rains cleared and everything, it was, it was beautiful for racing and the racing was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, prior to same weather that we've been dealing with over here and for, you know, month of May and how bad it was, you know, the same time over here was bad. So yeah, it was a rainy May too. It's, I'm I'm commuting to work as much as I can now, and I guess I'm a little bit of a fair weather rider because when it's forecasted to rain like morning and night, or if it's forecasted to be like heavy rain in the afternoon, then I'm I'm generally not taking the bike. But I have I have commuted and ridden it enough that I'm approaching two thousand miles since I bought it. That is awesome, man. I mean, I would go with the aspect if you leave the house and you don't expect to see rain, do what you always say. If you leave, in my opinion, is if I'm leaving the house and I ain't going to have rain, ride. Yep. Coming home, what's the difference? Because I'm going to go home. If I get soaked, I get soaked. Yeah, I need to get better at that. Like tomorrow, for example, it's going to be okay in the morning, but then by noon, the rain's going to roll in. So I could just ride home in the rain. It's not that big a deal, but yeah, I probably won't. And and the thing is that as well is as much. I mean, I'm not sure if it's down your way, but here they predict rain and who knows what happens Yeah, because it changes so much. And the interesting thing was, I know we're getting off some of the theme of uh, man, but real quick, is that, you know, when you get off 40 and you start coming down towards my house, there's a hill you come up. And I expected out last time. It's like about a 500 foot drop. So there's this... M- you know, mm. Kind of in a valley that I didn't even realize that, you know, 500 feet don't think it's much, but if a storm's coming across and it hits that 500 feet, fills up the water, it changes the whole aspect. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess one more commuting thing while we're on the topic is I've actually been considering buying an AeroStitch suit, you know, the full zip up head to toe right. thing. So I've been looking at it. I'm actually, I'm going to see Alan later this week. Um, Alan Garrison, who went to went to my first track day, and of course, who I bought the VFR from, uh, he has one, probably a little small, but I'm going to at least look at it and try it on and check it out because uh, a guy at work has one, and he he rides every day regardless. So he's like, it's waterproof, but it has venting. You can open it up if you need to be cooler. Of course, it's not waterproof when you open the vents, but <laughs> you know you get the idea, right? So totally, totally agree. And I mean, I have a Joe rocket jacket, but the same thing that's more textile Yeah, and has zippers and stuff. I mean, that would be your way to go. But yeah, they do them custom fitted. So you measure yourself. It's like, take like 14 different measurements. You tell them what kind of riding you're doing, you know, whether it's going to be 
you know, spirited or cruiser or, or what kind of riding. And if you're using it to go over street clothes or, you know, how basically how you're wearing it and they make one and send it to you. Right. Looking into that. All right. Isle of man, let's go. (laughs) Sorry. What else you got? What else you got? Well, I'm going to cover some of the themes real quick. And then I want to take a step back and give some details. Cause I don't know that we've actually over time, if we've really talked about, the course and the classes and the, and the minutiae and things like that. So I want to cover some of that tonight. And then of course we have uh, some good stuff to talk about in the U-turn. So this will be an episode to stick around for that. All right. First theme. So Michael Dunlop won the lightweight race, which doesn't seem like a, you know, a huge feat, but I will add that he lost his brother William earlier this year. So, you know, he's been going through that and it's been tough to get back into the racing and it was just good to see, good to see him win a race at the TT this year, you know, after, after that. Well, congratulations to him. And yeah, losing a family member like that is really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And a, and a brother, you know, that's just, yep. that one's going to hit close to home. So that was one theme. It was cool to see that. And of course, you know, uh, Michael Dunlop has many, many TT wins to his credit. So. So good luck. Good luck. That's not what I'm saying. No, it's <laughs> so, uh, good for him. And uh, hopefully that helps him in the healing process as well. Right. Great. Um, another theme, another thing I want to point out is Peter Hickman wins three races, which was cool. He was on it this year. He's also the overall, um, he has the overall speed lap record. Why can't I get that out tonight? <laughs> Which three did he win? He has the overall lap record at 135 mile hour. Which three did he win? I think he won. You're going to make me pull him up now before I I have it. I see two of them. I don't see the third. IOMTT.com slash results. All right, there it is. All right, so there he goes. He won the the Monster Super Spore. He won the RL360 Super Stock. And the RST Superbike. Right. That's the three. Okay, now I'm on board. Good question. Now you've got your three. And since you mentioned all the bikes, let's take a step back and talk <laughs> about the bikes itself. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> let's go. So this is something I always wondered. And I had to go digging around a little bit earlier. And I thought this is what it was, but I wasn't sure. So because they use the terms Superbike and Super Sport and Super Stock, I was thinking, hmm, that sounds a lot like World Superbike. So, and that's what it is. Like the bikes have to comply with the FIM classes of Superbike, Supersport, Superstock, and Lightweight. So your super super bike is the top of the heap. You know, that's your your 1,000 cc inline four. Most of them, if you have a, a twin, I believe you can go up to 1,200 cc. So that's your, that's your big bikes. That's, that'll have your electronics package, your custom swing arms, custom suspension, you know, worked engines. That's your top of the heap. Then you have your super sport, which is essentially your 600 class. So, you know, think your R6, GSXR 600, those type of bikes. And even your triumph, your triumph 675, because that's a triple, uh, gets a little different CC configuration. And the super sport bikes are also modified. You know, they're, they're not, they're not stock. The, 
the class that is stock is what's called super stock. So that would be basically your stock leader bikes. And the interesting thing this year is some of the teams were actually running hybrids. So I don't remember if it was, might've been Dean Harrison or one of those guys was running. They had a stock bike. So they took their super stock bike and put some of the super bike bits on it, like the swing arm and the front end and, and things like that. But the engine was completely stock and they were competitive in the class. It was really cool. I would think you would, because if you took that bike, you got the motor. Yeah. I mean, the stock motors are all over 200 horse now anyway. You got the stock motor, but if you take those custom swing arm parts from the the leader bikes in the front end, they're going to be more lighter. So you probably have a weight reduction. So you're trying to find their stock parts from the bikes, but yet they're kind of lighter. But from what he was saying, the bike was just as fast. You know, they had the good suspension components on it from the super bike. But the stock engine, all they had to do was get used to the way the power was delivered, and they were they could be just as quick on that bike, which I thought was cool. I thought that was a testament to how good you know factory leader bikes are nowadays. Yeah, and and you know, as I ride with trying to go with riding sport bike, ride with sport bikes, you know, there's a I'll go with this one. There's a guy, Jason or Sid. Rides a Ninja 1000. We have a guy from Boston Bob as another guy. And he, Boston Bob, rides a V-Strom 650. Okay? In right. the mountains, that V-Strom can outride him, that Ninja 1000, in turns. Now, when you get to the straightaways, the Ninja can catch up. Yeah, forget about it. Yep. I mean, it takes him a little bit, but if you can ride through those turns in lightweight, same thing with your R6. You might say, oh, I want to get a leader bike. You'll probably be just as fast and comfortable on that R6, but performance, Yeah, if you, I mean, you can haul the mail on that R6. Yeah, they're they're more nimble. They just, they don't have that big hit down the straightaway. Right. Mainly. And do you really need it? Yeah, I mean, on the track, I had a ton of fun with the R6. Yeah. And I can't wait to do it again, and I'm I'm nowhere near the limits of what that bike can do, even for as old as it is. All right, continue on. So that's the classes of bikes. Yeah, and the other, I guess the other class I'll mention real quick is the lightweight, which is the smaller, they're like your 650 twins kind of of bikes. They are highly modified, though, in the suspension department, but they're just just down on power, essentially. Okay. Um, Two other classes real quick, which are kind of self-explanatory. There's the Zero, the SES Zero class, which is the electric bikes. And, of course, the sidecars. Okay. Which is, um, the sidecars are highly modified, 600cc engines, you know, custom chassis, custom body work, all that stuff. They are, they are custom to the max. All right, that's it for the bikes. That's it? Well, that's it for the bikes. The, that's kind of my background. Like, <laughs> okay. you know, they have to meet FIM uh, specifications for the year and for the class, and, and that's what you can run. All right. So you're not going to see like, you know, you're not going to see the MotoGP prototype type bikes. You're not going to see them that expensive. So, right. so think World Superbike class or, you know, like your uh, Moto America Superbike class, that kind of thing. Cool. And the course itself, I think it's worth mentioning that as well. 37 and three quarter miles. We have a nice link to that in the show notes that maps out all of the milestones along the course, which is pretty cool. Um, that's a map I hadn't seen before, and 
as what they now call the Mountain Course, and its current configuration dates back to 1990. Hmm. All right, more themes. You ready? Yeah. Uh, Dean Harrison winning the senior was another standout. Um, that was from our buddy Sean Birch. Um, those were actually his three. You know, he wanted to make sure that we talked about uh, Michael Dunlop winning after his brother died, um, Hickman winning three, and Harrison winning the senior. Okay. So that was good. This, the senior uh, TT was, was a good race to watch. You know, it's the last one. It's the one that has the most prestige. You get the big trophy and all of that. Um, and it was good. The weather was, was fantastic. Now, why do they call it seniors? Is it because you've been there so many? You got an age requirement? The, the seniors is just the, the, the final race. It's like the pinnacle has the most prestige. Um, it, it, they're still running super bikes. So it's the same okay. bikes that run in the RST Superbike TT. Um, it's okay. just the, it's the top dog of the week. And I, and I don't know, I guess to answer your question directly, I don't know the requirements to get into that one. Okay. That was, that was where I was more going is like, why is it called the senior race? You know, that's just like, like I was saying, is it something that you had to run? You know, you've had to be run the Ironman like five times before you can go into the senior race. That was, that's all I was going. Yeah. No, I gotcha. Actually, I had, I had something open here just a minute ago. If you give me two seconds. The senior TT is what I'm looking at. It says eligibility entries. Entries must be in possession of a valid national entry entries or FIM sponsor license for road racing. Yeah, that's for all classes, though. You got to be FIM licensed for road racing to run in any of them. So I just don't know where it comes, why they say senior. Let me check one more place real quick. Maybe it's just the last race and that's what they named it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that that's essentially what it is. It is the Oh, wait a minute. I found the 2018 regulations document. 144 pages. Good Lord. Well, I will put that link in the show notes <laughs> to the 2018 regulations. I wonder if they have a 2019 one. Oh, you must. They must also hold a TT mountain course license. Yeah, I would Let's think if you're talking about that. a senior, my, my opinion would be that you have some type of. Like, if you're a brand new racer, I don't think you could do the Ironman TT Senior because the name of Senior means you've at least ran it, the race at least one time, a couple times, maybe. Yeah. You know, you have to have something where you have some experience with that track because I would figure the Senior race is like the cream of the crop. Yeah, and they have newcomer days. There's there's a whole testing procedure just to get your license, and there's a whole a whole ramp up to it. So let me throw out this, and this is where I'm going. So if you take the, I'm looking at the results. Yeah. I would fear that the seniors are running a, you know, a 1,000 bike or whatever up Su- there. Superbike. Superbike, okay. So if you look at the RTS Superbike results, Peter Hickman ran his BMW. Time was 34.08.008. Right. Right, and if you look at the super bike results, now that's super bike. That's what I'm looking at. Now, if you go look at the senior, it's one forty three forty nine. 
All right. So Superbike only runs. How many laps did you say Superbike runs? Six. And Senior runs how many? Six. How could you be? So what are you Senior. So I'm looking at the results sheet page. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the Superbike RT the RST Superbike, which has some complaint in 3408. But then you go to the seniors, it's one forty-three forty-nine. So in my opinion, that's an hour and forty-three minutes on senior and thirty-five minutes on the superbike. Yeah, they didn't complete all the laps though. Oh. It was cut short. Okay. The sidecar the sidecar race was cut short too. Okay. I'm on board now. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out. Yeah. So the yeah, the hour forty three minutes you see for the senior is they completed all the laps. And the superbike race, I think at thirty four minutes, that was only two laps. Okay. If it was even two laps. Well that kinda of sucks. Well the superbike race is the one superbike race is where um Daley Matheson died in the superbike race. Yep. So then they red flagged it when he crashed. That sucks. So, and that's the another theme is is yes, there was another death at the TT. So we're saddened by that. And what well, does that mean? That you think? Let me let me go on this little philosophy. Last year there was I think quite a few, and I think pretty much every year there's some type of death. I'm not trying to yes. curse it. Since I've been watching it, there's been at least one. So do you think they'll end it? I don't think so. It's been going on for so long. I mean, I kind of had this conversation with Sean Birch and, and he says no, never as well because their, their economy and everything kind of depends on it. This is, you know, this is a big deal for the Island and it, it's just part of the culture. I mean, the people that do it, they know it, they accept it. It's, it's part of, it's part of the event. You know, as, as unfortunate as it is, it is part of the event. It's now, dangerous, and people get hurt and sometimes die. Now, do you think they should put, I mean, let's not, let me go down a path and not trying to go NASCAR. Do you think they should do something to kind of slow it down or do something to change something to protect the riders? I mean, speed-wise, I don't think it matters. If if you're out of control, you're out of control. I mean, they're all going fast enough to kill you, essentially. I mean, unless you're going to take them down to 100cc, you know, nothings, I mean, you're going to go fast. Right. I mean, mean, the 600s, on their average time, they're only a couple mile an hour off the superbikes. Right. Now... And I don't know what happened. Was it, you know, was it, did you see the wreck? I did not. Cause I, okay. I, I didn't have a chance to watch any of it live. So okay. they didn't show it. Okay. So we'll continue on. Just kind of curious on what happened. Yeah. So that's, so I guess we don't have a good answer on why they call it the senior. We will have to get that and return to it. All right. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I just have these questions. <laughs> Thanks for the diversion. 
No problem, my friend. Well, that's what I'm here for, right? Well, we learned. We looked up some stuff, you know, we laughed, we put things together and and that's the that's the disadvantage of watching this from afar is you you basically had so Motor Trend Television had an hour review show after every day. Okay. So they mainly had like a little bit of a pre they showed you the race of the day and then maybe they had some interviews with people but you essentially got to see the big the big events. So I I, I did get to watch everything just in a small delay. Uh, I did listen to some of it on Manx Radio, which is cool. I watched the live time and scoring as much as I could, uh, which was a really a really cool site. That was a live. What was the site I went to? Live com is where I watched most of it in terms of the numbers. All right. So since we haven't talked about sidecars, sidecars, how long pipe and racing team do? Not so good. Oh. <laughs> Dang it. I told you to give them more money. Yeah. Is that my fault? So, so Greg Lambert and Ben McBride, uh, we're still so proud to support those guys and we wish them the best for the rest of 2019. But, uh, after finishing two laps in the first sidecar race, uh, they had a DNF, and then whatever was wrong with with the bike apparently was not fixed because they didn't they didn't make a lap in the second race. So, mm. so two DNFs, unfortunately. Well, is it? I mean, that, I mean that happens. Mechanical issue can bite you. You think you got it fixed, and it's not fixed. And when you got a big race and a big track, and you know you can't. Yeah, and these things are getting pounded. I mean, if you watch the sidecar races, there's no suspension or very little suspension on these things, and they're just getting absolutely hammered around the course. Right. But someone that is doing it right is the Birchall brothers. So Ben and Tom um, won their seventh sidecar race in a row and their 10th overall. That is kicking some sidecar booty. Mm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I guess they fear something out. Yeah, it's been crazy. And they had and they set a new race record of uh, 57, 57 uh, minutes. Mm. For the for the four laps. So that was crazy. And an average of 118 mile per hour. And that's for all the laps. So that Dang. is cooking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they came to play, and and Mr. Birch warned us about that. He's like, yeah, he's like, I don't think anyone's got anything for the Birchels. So, so yeah, congrats to them. You know, they they were fast, and they were not stopping. Well, they figured out something, right? Yeah, and they they actually build sidecars for other teams. So they had a pretty good interview on one of these review shows. They actually went to one of the other teams who was having their, their sidecar built by the Birchels and the four of them. So the, the four competitors on opposing teams were sitting down and having a conversation. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think that you have to, I mean, we've always talked about that in the racing community. It's kind of like you got to, uh, talk with each other. Well, yeah, on the track, you're super competitive. Everyone wants to win in the pits. You're all one big family. Everyone's helping everyone. You know, you're buying parts from this guy. Someone else is helping you with this. You know, it is it is more like a more like a close knit family in, in some regard. And that right. and that's what I like about 
the TT is it seems like a cool environment. That's why I can't wait to get there. It just seems like a, a neat environment to hang out and watch people do what they love. Yeah. Cool. 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 So while we're on the sidecar tip, a couple of other neat things for this year is there's an all female team. So Maria Costello is the driver or rider. And she's also running a, a lightweight bike, which was pretty cool. They had a, an interview with her and kind of an expose on that, um, on her foray at the TT. And the passenger, sidecar passenger, is Julie Canepa. And the reason I bring that name up is she was the rider for um, Greg Lambert the last two years. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. So, our, our buddy Greg there and Julie was was the rider for 2017 and 2018 and they actually finished 10th last year. Sweet. Cool. Pretty cool. So yeah. So the, so Maria and Julie finished the 21st in race one and 17th in, in race two. So, so good, good for them. That was pretty cool. And another interesting thing on the sidecars is the newcomers. Um, this was Ryan and, and Callum Crow. They were running a triumph engine which seems to be the only one. Most everyone else seemed to be running a Honda uh, 600 hmm. for the most part. I think there are some Yamahas as well and, and other uh, Japanese makes, but I think they're the, they're the only ones running a Triumph, a 675 triple. If So let me go back. Is Greg and Ben running the Honda Motor 2? Correct. Yeah, they run a Honda uh, GLR, I believe, is the, the chassis. Right, but engine, would that be the same engine that's like on the super sport bikes? Correct. Yep. Yep. 600. Well, I'm kind of curious if it goes back and bites, uh, just, just in theory. You know, the I know the leader bikes had, ish, not per se, but I think, I think uh, uh, Sean said this was, I think the Honda leader bikes had issues with the gearbox. Uh, last year at the Iron Man, and I think they also had it at Coda. Nobody ever came out and said it. I wonder if they had some type of gearbox issue. Yeah, I, I don't know that what trickles the trickles down. Yeah, I, I reached out to Ben uh, after the race, and I told him, I said, "Hey, when you get settled, you know, we like to get you on the show and and talk about it." So we'll, I'm sure we'll hear all about it. Yeah, just just my little guess. Yeah, you're right. Good point, especially if it's a new 600. You know, I don't know what year engines they're running um him and i talked about it offline back when we were doing the sponsorship and you know he said they could run anything from i thought he said from a 2010 to present okay so they could they could run you know a 600 quite a ways back all right all right cool but yeah that was pretty cool yeah i just wanted to mention the the crow team because they're newcomers they're running a unique engine with the triumph um, Haven Homes is their sponsor, which is a, I believe that's a home builder on the Isle of Man. Cause I've, I've actually heard their commercials listening to Manx radio. <laughs> I was like, Hey, Haven Homes, I've heard that before. And the other cool thing is they finished fifth in the first race. Hey, that's pretty sweet, that's man. Awesome. So yeah, newcomers, to sidecar racing, running a triumph, which sounded amazing, even in, in the sidecar. Uh, unfortunately they had a, a problem with race two and they actually did not start. So. Hmm, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see another theme. Well, let's talk about John McGinnis. 
He finished yeah. second in the TT zero, which is just great to see because you know John has been recovering from some injuries, so yeah, he didn't he didn't look well last year, and I don't know that he raced at all last year, but he's back on the bike this year, and and cool to see him finish second in the zero TT. Sweet. So that was neat. And the zero TT was won by who? You looked it up, didn't you? Michael Rudder. Oh, I, I, I closed the page. Yeah, on the, the Mugen or Mugen, Mugen. I don't know. No, it must be, they own one, must have run one lap. One stinking lap. Now, here's a question. So, <laughs> am I correct? So, they must, on the race, and this is me being, so it's 37 miles, and it's all timed, correct? 37 three-quarter miles, yep. And it's just a, basically a time a timed event. So do they, you know, you're up to the podium, so you must, they must delay you for that bike to get so far down the track before the next bike goes. Am I correct? They go out, so you qualify for the event, and then okay. you go out on your qualifying speed, so the fastest bike goes first. Okay. And then they send them out about every 10 seconds. Oh. So, so there's a possibility that you could get lapped or you can overtake that's or you could overtake or you could run into traffic. Correct. And and people do, but you know, like I said, you do qualify fastest ones to the front, slower ones to the back. So in a multi-lap race, you could catch the back of the field and other people in the middle of the field could pick up pace and overtake. And and you see that a lot. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good question. Johnny John. Now, going back to the thing, let me just throw back, and I don't know, with uh, Matheson's death, I wonder if he was trying to overtake or or was it by himself? You know, was it, was there a thing where he was being passed or trying to pass somebody that caused it? Don't know. Just Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, didn't get the detail on that one. Uh, I guess I'll go query. All right, continue on. I'm going to go do research for a second. Use your friend Google. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, let's see. What was the other things I wanted to mention? Um, I mentioned the sidecars, mentioned uh, McGinnis, talked about the course, talked about the bikes. I guess that was the main thing on the TT. I don't, I don't really want to go through all the results, but you know, we'll post links in the show notes to all the race results and some other good tidbits that I found, like the course layout and this fantastic regulation book, which is so cool. Well, that's pretty awesome. All right. Um, let's see. He lost control of on his third or fourth lap in a notorious treacherous circus, which is comprised of public roads. All right. Well, that doesn't really help me. There was a an article that I read that talked about the turn that he went down in uh, Snugborough. I'm not sure that's how they say it, but that's the the area he crashed in. And apparently right. there was another fatality there in 1976 as well. Right. This specifications document is cool. A manufacturer's model, once homologated by the FIM, can be used for racing for a maximum of eight years or until, until such time it no longer complies with technical rules. Other machines admitted at this discretion of race management. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Oh, so we were talking about CCs, so it's 
from 750cc up to 1,000 four cylinders, four stroke. If you're running a three cylinder, it can also be up to 1,000 cc's, four stroke. If you're running a two cylinder, it can be as big as a 1,200. They have minimum weights, things like that. Um, engines, tire specifications, a lot of detail on the engine. So this is this is a kind of all the layout of the bike, all the electronics, frame and body. But the part you were still looking for is the riders. Like, how do you get into that thing? Yeah, but yeah, I think that's it overall. I enjoyed watching the racing. The review shows were nice. Um, once I finally found it on Motor Trend, that was cool. I actually signed up for the Motor Trend on demand, at least the 14-day trial. So I'm, I'm checking that out. So the last week, I spent a lot of time watching TT video, looking at stuff on Facebook. I've downloaded hundreds of pictures from <laughs> Facebook and other websites. And I will probably buy some this year. I'm going to... Some of the professional photographers, I'm going to buy some of their, some of the pictures of um, Greg and Ben in the sidecar. Right. Very cool stuff. So you watch any of it? I know you were super busy and you were away. I don't know if you, if you caught any of it on TV at all. Nope. I did not. Did not. I did not. So. Nope. And we still can't talk you into going next year? Nope. No, not going to happen. Not happening. Not going to get a passport. Not leaving the country. I have a passport. Well, let's go. What are you afraid of? Mm, it's only going to be three grand. Uh, well, that. I think we're only going to go for a week. I'm not going to do it for two weeks. Well. I think we're just going to go for race week. Well, I also got uh, other plans for 2020 that's uh, taking precedence. Yeah, yeah. Sturgis will always be there. Show the other man. All right. Should we take a break? Let's take a break. After all that, let's take... Yeah, you wore me out. Let's take a moment here and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And we do that by thanking the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be the first five, the OGs, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Elvis is in the house, apparently. Slack pack would be Chuck, Nobby Tire, Chad, and the NC Rambler. Barbershop is Steven and Jacob. No sound effect on that one. Uh, no, I don't have any sound effects for that one. Oh, there you go. Loud Pipes Racing would be Mr. Sean Birch from Antique Cycles Edgefield and Old Man Slacker moving into the Oh, he he decided to join Sean. He thought he was Sean was getting a little cold yeah. and lonely hanging out there in the racing group. Yeah, well, he'd come over, you know, under the paddock, you know, keep the tires warm and everything. All right, all right, yeah, yeah. And then we have the big group: Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Day, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, Tony, Jed's Moto, Scott, Tim, and Sir Mike make up the riders group. Thank you, thank you very much, boys. We have Darren, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Kale and David are the insiders. So we appreciate all the support, no matter the size. And if you're finding some value in the show, you can return your appreciation by visiting loudpipes.net forward slash donate.
ho, 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 Johnny John, it's contest time. Oh, can I answer? Can I answer? Can I answer? Um, I'm going to say you're not qualified. How about that? What? Oh, man. We're going to open up a contest to all of the listeners of Loud Pipes. So if you're, hear- the listeners? If you're hearing my voice and you're not behind the microphone, you can enter. Okay. So, so that means Rico can enter. <laughs> uh, I'm putting him out of it, too. But he's not in the mic. Not now, but he will be. Okay. Okay, don't turn it into the NPC rules, okay? We're not making <laughs> six pages of rules here. This is going to be very simple. We're going to take entries for the next month. So one month from today, whenever that next show is, we're going to draw okay. an entry at random. All right. So, so today, of when the when when this gets released, or the day that we're recording the show, when it gets released. Okay. So thirty days from then, the next show will release the winner. All right. Got it. I think so. All right. Well, here's what you need to do. What so, do I get to win? So we received several pieces of feedback, and we want to thank everyone for that on our Twisted Road episode with Austin. Yes, thank you, Austin, for joining. That was a good episode. That was cool. Episode 160, if you haven't heard it. And what we decided to do is we're going to give away one free rental day on Twisted Road. So that's something that Austin is offering up. I think that's pretty cool of him. Yes, thank you very much. And we're just going to make it a fun little contest. So here's what you got to do. All right, what do I got to do? You need to go to twistedroad.com. Uh-huh. With what browser? With a modern browser that works to your liking. Okay. <laughs> and you're going to look for a motorcycle in Charlotte. Okay. You need to find a 2017 Yamaha FJ09. Uh-huh. And you need to tell us how much is it to rent for a day and what color is it? Five dollars is blue. <laughs> when you find that information by searching or using the link in the show notes, you can email it to feedback at rdubstudios.com. That's it. That's simple. Really? That's it. That's, that, that, that's, that's awful long though, Rich. That was awful long. <laughs> yeah, because you kept horning in, Elvis. <laughs> I had to keep it lively or something. They had to make it more interesting than... So, go to your page. Go search for this. Go to Google and type it in the browser. Yep. And then I got to use email. What email program do I got to use? I don't care. Squirrel mail. Okay. Pine. If you're still using Pine, you, you probably don't get it. <laughs> What's Pine? You don't remember Pine? Pine? Oh, Pine. How about send mail? You know send mail? Yes, but do you remember at the university when we first started using email, it was Pine, text-based, uh, on the terminal? Uh, yeah, I still use mail on Linux. <laughs> of course you do. I do, man. Uh, can I talk about my interceptor a little bit? <sighs> no, you skipped number two. What about it? trip planning for Isle of Man TT? Didn't we wear that out? No, Sean Birch is going some in August. Oh yeah, Mr. Birch is going to the Manx Grand Prix in August. Now the Manx Grand Prix is that on the Isle of Man is too? On the Isle of Man, same course. Same course. Same course. So the Superbikes 
They also do something called the Southern 100 as well. I think that's a slightly different course, though, but same place, mm. same kind of riding. So, same yeah, the, riders? Yes, yeah, so, uh, some of the same riders, and that's what that's what Sean was telling us is like, you know, there there's other racing on the Isle of Man to go to besides the TT if you want it a little more low-key, and the Manx Grand Prix is is the one. Oh, okay. All right. So he's going in August, and, and I contemplated doing that before I get there for the big TT, but I don't think that's in the cards this year. All right. And then you and Rico are going to go next year. That is the plan. Right. That's the plan. All right. All right. Okay. Interceptor. Interceptor. Uh, uh, interceptor. What's the interceptor? Uh, oh, is that your new bike? Is that your new, is that the redhead? That's the redhead. And I am bringing it into the Loud Pipes family. You are? By ordering a new exhaust. New exhaust. What you getting? Two brothers? Nope. GPR. GPR. Why'd you go GPR? Something different. All right. It's Italian, semi-handmade. It's titanium. It's their 50th anniversary. Why not? Seems like a good idea. Do you have to repack it? Who knows? I'm going to pull the baffles out as soon as I get it, so I don't really care. <laughs> Hello? Great. Still there? So, when we ride together, you're going to be back. Perfect. Well, the the cool thing is, and this is what I like about it, the the rear, it actually has two baffles that are removable. I won't remove the inner one, but the one on the back side, what they might call a DB killer, you just take, it's just a snap ring. You take your snap ring pliers, squeeze it. Once the ring is out, you just grab the cone and pull it out. All right. So, I think that's cool. So, I will... I will get another set of snap ring pliers to keep on the bike. And when I want to wake it up, I'll uncork it. And if not, I'll put it back. Okay. Awesome. Because it's still, it's my commuter bike. So like I said, I leave home at 630 in the morning. We'll leave it corked up a little bit. And then maybe on the ride home, we'll take it out. All right. Sounds like a good idea. Can't wait. Can't wait for the sound. So I got some place to put. You got some place to put your tools? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've still got the fanny pack on the bike for now. But I'm fixing that. You're fixing that? What you doing? What you doing? I talked to our buddy KP today. Oh, sweet. How's KP? I ordered the color-matched side cases from Honda. Sweet. They will be keyed to the bike. They will be beautiful red. And I can't wait. All right. Awesome. And then that fanny pack is going. <laughs> fanny pack are you talking about the top case yes i thought you liked the top case uh, it's handy but it's still ugly hey well maybe it look better once you put the bags on it's gonna look a lot better when it's on the floor in the garage then it's gonna look nice <laughs> i can sense you're shaking your head <laughs> no I'm shaking my head, but no, as I'll, I'll put it this way. If you're just doing a commuter bike and commuting, I can see that. But when you get ready on long trips, I say, since it's easy to take on and off, it's awesome to have the extra storage that you could just have in case something you need. There it is. Once you get to your destination, take it off. Uh, I don't know because when the, the problem is the way that the mount is, 
because the mount sticks back a lot. Okay. It's almost as ugly with the mount as it is with the top case on it. Okay. I don't know what it is, man. They just, I just look at it and I'm like, oh, that thing has got to go. I can't. Maybe if you paint, maybe if you painted it red, it looked better. I can't see it when I'm riding, of course. So I don't really think about it. But when I park the bike and I get off and I'm looking at that beautiful red head and then my eyes drift towards the back and it's like, oh, what is that thing? All right. Well, side cases will work. Depends on how much storage you need, but you still got it. All right. Continue on. The side cases are 27 liters each. They're the same size as the top case. As much as I travel, I can fill those up pretty easily. All right. Move on. You want to talk about Can-Am a little bit? Yeah. Can-Am. Sure. We can talk about Can-Am. BRP's first quarter sales have increased 14% year over year. This is for BRP overall, and this has been spurred by their three-wheel segment, a.k.a. the Spiders and the Riker. Yep. Cool stuff. What do you think about that? I think it's pretty awesome, and, and the retail sales increased 110% for the three-wheeled vehicles, yeah. the company reported. So I think that's awesome, and like I've talked to the local dealership and the marketing guy, they said they can't keep Rikers. I mean, they're, they're flying out the door. Um, they actually went around to other. De- I think Canem gave them an allotment what they could get, mm-hmm. and I think they went through an allotment, so they went to other dealers to get stock. So I think what that tells me is the demand for the three wheelers has been there, but the Spider itself was a little too expensive. I would say I'd agree with that, and because um, the Riker starts under ten, doesn't it? Right, the the six hundred base is eighty five hundred, and then once you go up to the nine hundred, it's at it's at ten, and then the rally's like ten five or eleven. Right, right. Yeah. But you know, yes, the market is is better, and they also went across the board. You know, we talked about this that, but you know, kind of last year, the other news was that um, spider the spider line itself got the prices on mm-hmm. the F three. And the RT got chopped as well. So yeah. it just wasn't the Riker. I mean, they did do many things, which speared it, which I think is really cool. And the other thing that I have seen is, and I don't know if any other dealership does it or manufacturer does it, is BRP announces they do a leasing program. Oh, cool. So I don't know what the details on that. I got to go to the dealership f- Saturday. So out. I might I might ask a little details about it because that's kind of interesting. It's like what what does the lease mean? Well, there's another good long term piece of data in this report here, and we'll put a, a link to this in the show notes. This is from Power Sports Finance. Uh-huh. They cited that the average age of the Riker buyer is 10 years younger on average than the Spider Rider. I missed that. That's that's pretty cool. So that's and- a good sign for uh, long term health of uh, the Can Am Riker and Spider. Right, and here two weekends ago, Memorial Day weekend, I was out with uh, Bacon and Matthew out to the Tail of the Dragon, and I saw a lot of Rikers. Or I should say I saw a few Rikers, I wouldn't say a lot, but you know, I saw a couple, and it's really cool to see it. And my joke is I've seen more Rikers than electric vehicle, electric bikes. And so, 
I don't live in the right market for the electric vehicles or electric bikes because it's probably more of a commuter, but still. I'm still yet to see an electric motorcycle in the wild in this area. I have seen one uh, by my house, a zero. I've only seen it once, I think. That's the only one I've seen. The other sad thing is, as I commute to work, I rarely see another motorcycle, which is also sad. It is. It's sad. There's, um, I don't see many. I know there's a couple that I hear them come by the office to ride, but that's. Yeah. And there's quite a few, there's quite a few at work in the parking lot. Right. But, you know, coming from all over the places, but just, you know, riding around Charlotte, I rarely see another motorcycle on my commute. Yeah. I see, I see a few, I pass a few on the highway, on the interstate, a couple like going the other direction in the morning. Um, then in the afternoon, maybe catch a couple, but it's, it's not many, really not many. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. I'm glad to see that they are growing and they kind of went smart. I think that was a smart move for them. I mean, we said it last year. I said it last year that they need to put something out less than 10 and they did. Yeah. And there's another manufacturer who should take note of that. Hmm. Would that name be Harley? <laughs> well, let's, let's think about it. The, the You've got your spider line, which is more premium, more expensive. Uh-huh. And now you have the Riker, which is 10 and under, uh-huh. which is, you know, pulling people that are, that are younger by a demographic. Uh-huh. So I think that's something they should, they should think about. And and the other thing with the Riker, that's the vantage point, is it's fully automatic. So you don't have to worry about a clutch and shift the gears or anything. It's just twist and go, and you're done. Yeah. So so does that play an effect of, and as we said, was the Riker was more geared towards female riders. Because if you read the article, the seat's lower and fully automatic. Not trying to say that females can't, because... If you go back to the MPC and you look at the females that participated in MPC, those girls can ride. Yeah, most of them are riding Harleys, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm not going to go off the line of if that's just the only reason, but it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. That they did their analyzing and they studied. So yeah, and yes, I'm- Harley needs to take a take a step and and I think they need to and I've said it before. They need to put out a bike that the young kids want to ride. And you yeah. got to price it at that, I hate to say it, that 10K mark. Under. You got to so be take, able to get one under because you're going to have accessories. You're going to have gear. There's all this other stuff. There's insurance. So if you took that street fire that's going to come out, and that's going to be your, kind of your street demographic, your bike that you want to get out there, you got to make that 10 mark. And there better be like a 650cc version of it as a starter bike. Yeah, well, put it, I don't want to call it a starter bike. Let's, let's just call it an entry level for that demographic. Yeah, for right? a young generation that wants a fun, sporty looking bike. It's got to be fun. It's got to be attractive looking. The price has got to be there and the thing's got to hold up. Because you can go, and, and I know, let's take. Sid, for example, one bought that Ninja, a Ninja One Thousand for. I thought it was right around twelve. I think 
I think what he's got it at, maybe 13 with side bags. He had to pay extra for the side bags, mm-hmm. but there's his bike. He loves turning it up. You know, you can't expect everybody to be able to go drop 30K on a bike. Right. Right. Same thing with you. Let's, let me just go back with you. You love Harley. Even the live wire. I, st- I still would like a live wire. Am I going to spend 30 grand on it? No. So, so take you. You're looking at a new bike. You love Harley, but Harley didn't have the bike or the price that you wanted to pay. No. Correct? Street Fighter's not out yet. And I guarantee that bike's going to be at that 20 mark. I'd even bet it's going to be at the uh, 30. I don't think so. No, no, no. I mean, the, you got to look at what Indian's done with the FTR. They, they've got to line up with that or it's a non-starter. What's the FTR price? 12, I think it starts at. Is it? Not the S, just the starting one. I think it's around 12. I just looked at this the other day. Let me go to my good friend, Google. My old good friend. So the S is at 15.5. So yeah, you're going to have to go in at 13.5 for the the 12, the starting one. So they start at 13.5. All right, so they have to meet that price. That's where the street fair has to be. If they do that, they'll probably be in a market. Yeah, the street fighter comes out at twenty grand. Just forget about it. Now, the interesting thing is how many live wires have they sell sold? Oh, talking about that live wire. Yeah, Bronco ride. I'm not sure if you saw his post on Facebook or Instagram or both. Posted at his local hardware dealership a. Electric charging station for the live wire. I saw that. <laughs> That's pretty So cool. shout out to Sir Mike. So check out Sir Mike's podcast that he talked about the live wire and nobody ever talked about that yeah. until he did. Yeah. Harley having the very, infrastructure. That's a, that's a smart idea. Which is a smart idea. So yeah. kudos to them. All right. Yeah. And that's sure. a good mention. Actually, all the podcasts, you know, if you're, if you're needing more content, uh, when did Moto Nobody's record recently? <clears throat> no, no. Okay, we we have a show, we have a topic all ready to go. It's just trying to get everybody together. Oh, is it difficult? Now you know why we don't we don't have ours on a regular cadence. Shh, let's not talk about that. <clears throat> we do it regularly. Remember, Rich? Yeah. Well, I'm, my point is, if you want more content, check out the other shows. Um, the Moto Nobodies podcast, that's motonobodies.com. Uh, Bacon and John generally host that with a, a rotating cast. Um, we also have, up, we'll have updates from the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, which we won, by the way. Yes, congratulations again. And I will say that I uh, the next episode out will be uh, a recap with Ted from Motorcycle Men. Yep. I'll get that edited for you. You can find those at motorcyclepodcasterschallenge.com. And also we talked about Sir Mike, which is shut up, shut up and ride show.com. Um, check those out. His episode six, I believe just went up. I think that is correct. And there should be another one here before long. All right. Let's see. Let's move on. Anything. And the next topic. Um, let's see. The only other th- for sound effect. The only other thing I have is. That one? Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Anything from the racing corner? 
Um, just want to thank um, Old Man Slacker for stepping into that support level. We appreciate that. And we'll just remind people that you don't have to be on a monthly plan for that. Loudpipesracing.com has a link for just a single one-time uh, donation. And like we said, depending on what we raise this year, will depend on what we do for next year, uh, 2020. And the Isle of Man may be over, but we'll still be riding on the sidecar and the leathers of Mr. Greg Lambert and Ben McBride for the balance of 2019. And, and we'll have more updates on that. I'll, I'll get a schedule and, in terms of where they're racing for the rest of the year. That'd be awesome. I think that'd be cool to have. Yeah, I can't wait. So I can't wait to see what happens on the circuits for them now. You know, how the bike performs and, and whatnot. Okay. But that's it. I guess the only other thing for Loud Pipes Racing is my next track day might be the 6th of July. Where are you going to this time? Back to the same place. Okay. All right. Yep. And I think that's, I think that's smart. That, that feels like the right thing to do to, to take what I learned from the first day. Now that I've had some time to think about it, uh, I have a little little work to do on the bike. It is now leaking antifreeze pretty bad, so it's going to come apart again. But Ooh, I've where's got, it leaking from? I've got time to get it back together. I'm not sure. I just I went and got it inspected the other day, and I rode it home and parked it in the garage, and there was a big puddle of antifreeze on the floor. Before or after? After I parked it, I came back outside, and there was two spots. It was dripping out of the belly pan. I bet you your water pump. So we'll get into it. We'll fix it. And like I was saying, I think that feels right to go back to the same track again and and just take what I learned there. Should have a little more, a little more comfort. Maybe a head start on the day. Uh, maybe I can work more on on different things. You know, more smoothness in the corners, more braking, things like that. Good. Good thing I gave you some uh, antifreeze, huh? Yeah. And also, it looks like um, Shannon's going to go, Mr. Ape yep. RSV. He's going to go to that, and I think Alan's going to join us as well. So it might be a trio. That might be kind of good. You go down there and, uh, you know, follow each around and help each other out. Ape's a good guy. Yep, Ape's cool. Had a fun but time he runs with a, Can't wait. But he runs a more advanced. Doesn't Ape run the next class up? Or do you guys, I, I mean, I don't know how it works. I don't know what he runs in. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on your on your your skill level, I guess. I mean, there's nothing preventing him from running the, the novice class, right? So I don't know if he would start there, see how he feels, and work his way up. I don't know. He's done a few track days, so this yeah, is definitely not I, his first. Yeah, I thought he was up next level. Okay. Yep. Moving along. Moving along. That's that's pretty much all I've got, man. What you got for events? No events. No events coming up. Meet up in Gettysburg. Uh huh. When are we doing that? July 12th through the 14th. I have a small change that I want to talk about in the downshift. All right. Uh, Antique Motorcycles on Main in Chesney, South Carolina, July 27, 8, and 9. All right. Sweet, sweet. What am I going to do? I don't know if I can do that now. Because Robert and his dad are coming through town. I'm going riding with them. No, I can. I still can. That's the weekend after. (laughs) So so you're trying to be John and try to do four things, four or five things and all together, huh? I'm looking at the calendar. So track day on the 6th, Uh, Gettysburg on the 13th, uh, Robert and his dad on the 20th, 21st, 
27th and 8th Chesney. Yeah. July will be motorcycle month. Yeah. Um, that's four weekends in a row you're going to be doing something. And I'll be single by August. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I better get the room ready for you, huh? <laughs> get the chateau ready. Uh, and then let's see what else we got. You going upstate New York in August? I am still going to New York in August. Little slight little change in plans, a little bit, nothing too big, but yeah, still going. All right, and then we don't have anything else planned. I I probably should pin that I am planning to do a track day in Barber in November, so that'll okay. be the last one probably for 2019. All right, Isla Man TT comes up in May or June actually of 2020. Sturgis yeah. in August, and John's already planning the Loud Pipes meetup for 2020. That is correct. September 18th through the 21st of 2020. So everybody that wants to go, I have the idea. I think most likely the plan will be staying in Telco Plains, Tennessee is my plan. The place with the cabins and the camping and all that. That is the plan. Cool. I kind of like the place. It's not uh, really expensive. The cabins are nice. I think you can do, I think the three man, cabin with bunk beds is like 75 bucks a night so it breaks out 25 dollars. ac dryers refrigerator yeah. microwave it's all you and, need really just a place to sleep and keep your gear yeah and what's really cool is there's picnic tables there and then there's a kind of pavilion over there with picnic tables and the grill you know so it worked out really good we did that for uh the motor nobody's with bacon and matthew and myself and it worked out really well we we enjoyed it and uh the only bad part is is there's really no um, no places around there to eat yeah no no good places to eat so yeah um that's kind of the only downside to it um there was a barbecue place that uh was there which i would call barbecue now is now a pizza place and we went in there. It wasn't bad. So that place wasn't bad. So like pizza. Yeah. So that's not bad. But there's a, a little grocery store, save a lot, or I think that's what it is, or shopping yeah. grocery store where kind of like we can run in and get food and go back to the camp and have a cookout, you know, gas grill, and it's all sitting there. So we can do that. So cool. that's what we did. So yeah. You know what we should do then this fall? Let's you and I and Rico do that. Just the three of us. All right. Just run out there, spend a day or two. And I have the two-day route planned out already in my brain, which is a pretty awesome ride. Um, uh, One of the new ones that just Bacon and I did, they just completed the, um, and Bacon wanted to do this, and him and I did it, the uh, Foothill Parkway Mm -hmm. that runs from, just on the Tennessee side of the tail, runs up, and I, in our um, group, I threw up pictures of the view that we stopped over. Like, it was just, the day was just beautiful. Um, and then they just finished, I think, end of last year, the last mile, like 1.6 miles, they just finished. Um, and I hate bridges <laughs> and heights is what more or less it is. Yeah. Um, so the bridge actually goes between two mountain, a valley across to, to one top of a mountain to another one, down a hill, curve, everything. I, I was scared shitless. <laughs> I, I was not happy. Not a fan. 
but it's, if you love scenery, I mean, it's a beautiful road and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're pretty much running across a ridgeline of a mountain is what you're doing. So I got that plan, figured out. I got it all done, I think. Uh, yeah, so highly recommend coming to anybody with our group or want to come. I mean, that's my plan, and it's going to be a good, good trip. Cool. Can't wait. All right. Moving on. All, all right, done with sir. I've, yeah, I think that's it for events. I think um... – we mentioned this last episode, but I'll, I'll mention it one more time. We are restarting the monthly hangouts. We're going to schedule that again on the fourth Sundays, the way we used to uh, go right back to probably 1 p.m. That's what we used to do, right, John? 1 p.m.? Or was it 2? I think it was 2 p.m. Eastern time. 2 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Somewhere around there. 1, 1, 1 or 2 p.m. Uh, it doesn't work for everyone, but while we were running it before it seemed to work so we're going to restart that again so the first one will be june what does that end up being 23rd it's the fourth sunday so that'll be the next one and you know if you're on patreon just look for the the email and and whatnot cool that's it so in closing i would like to again thank the writers of loud pipes for their continued support and if you're interested in joining this group we just ask that you head over to loudpipes.net slash donate. Check out the support levels we have there. We have varying uh, levels of support on a monthly basis. There's also a, uh, a one-time link, like we said, loudpipesracing.com, if you want to just do something quick. Um, what is the other thing, John? PayPal, paypal.me slash Studios. That's the one-time link as well. Oh, that's something new to me. Something new. Something new. And let's see, additional information from this episode, including links and some images. We'll have lots of links for the Isle of Man. We'll have details on the contest to win a free rental day at Twisted Road, twistedroad.com. Details on what you need to do and a link. If you're lazy, just go to the link and click it. <laughs> uh, let's see what huh? else. What? what do I got to do? <laughs> That's all on our website, loudpipes.net slash 161. Uh, links there to leave us some feedback, which we appreciate. Subscribe to the show and follow us on social media. All right, Johnny John, I know you don't have a kickstand, but All right, start the break and let's go. Break and let's burn go. some rubber. <laughs> Wheelies for all. Good night. Later. Thank you for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate